Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Welcome to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Just like she said, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, Really quick tease. Uh, Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com joins us. He's in the orange room right now, probably eating some of Mike's leftover pizza. Uh, he is the source when it comes to Big Ten expansion. Uh, lots to talk about. He's just minutes away. But but guys, you know, we're sort of in uncharted waters here. Illinois is four and one in football. I, I mean, we get to talk about being in the chase for Big Ten West Division crowns and maybe it. I drive over to Indy for an appearance in the Big Ten Championship game and maybe a top 25 ranking and maybe a trip to a bowl game in a warm weather state. I mean, I, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, uh, but everyone listening, just allow us this moment here. It, it's like regaining your sense of smell after COVID. Well, I've already made my I've already planned my weekend in Indianapolis there in December, so I'm, right. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, you got to plan ahead, right? So no, in all seriousness, no seriousness though, it's a, it, they're relevant. Illinois football is relevant and it hasn't been relevant to be honest for a while. Um, they are a team that can compete with people. They are a team that literally should be five and zero oh and have dominated four of their five opponents. I mean, they, they dominated Wisconsin and now they have a chance to really show what they can do this weekend. And if they win this weekend, it's like time to start thinking about, you know, how, what they can do as far as winning the Big Ten West. Yeah, this is a anything can happen radio show because you use the sentence Mike's leftover pizza. So that doesn't happen very often. So um, <laughs> one, Illinois. One in a million. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois, Illinois going to a bowl game would be incredible. Um, Coach B's job is to focus these players on one week at a time but there was a big test in Madison Wisconsin and a big hurdle that the Illini flew over by about 10 feet and it does give Illini fans hope for what is going to happen against Iowa and Minnesota and relevancy is what we talked about what Brad Underwood brought back to Illinois basketball. And now Coach B is doing the same thing with Illinois football. Yeah, and we know what Andy Dufresne said about hope. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. Yes. Uh, Illini hosting Iowa Saturday night. It's a 6.30 p.m. kickoff uh, Central Time. Uh, Illinois head coach Brett Bielema, former Iowa lineman and later assistant coach, talked about his connection with the program this week. Um, I did share with the team last night. You know, Everybody wants to uh, make a big deal of my history at Wisconsin. I probably have more history at Iowa, right? I was a player there. I was a graduate assistant there. I got my first co- uh, coaching job there. Um, uh, I, I was part of two staffs there. I was part of the staff that's there now. Um, uh, I, I, I think I probably actually have a little bit more history because it's a little bit different look uh, at Iowa, but that doesn't factor into anything. I got the tattoo, right? The famous tattoo. Um, uh, a hell of an idea when you're 19, um, you know, so. Yeah, I think it's funny, you know, it- we 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 often think of coach b as a wisconsin coach and but you know obviously he was you know he played at iowa right and you know he's from you know illinois and and closer to iowa really and all that 
and and worked at Iowa. So it's a, there's been a, there's a huge connection there as well. So this is um, I, I don't think um, you know Kirk Ferentz is going to get fired if Illinois wins. I guess, but so I guess that's a positive. But but I do think um, uh, you know Coach B for him this might be more of a uh, Im- important game for him because I think he still has more connection to Iowa maybe because he left kind of he and Wisconsin have kind of had their an unceremonious split. And so I think he still has a lot of respect for Iowa and their program right now. Yeah. I'll feel a lot better when that Hawkeye tattoo comes off and we get, (laughs) we get cheap Illini wick there. That'll be the day. But um, look, you know, coach B has been tied with three spectacular programs, uh, you know, at least before he got here with Kansas state with coach Snyder, you know, you had Iowa, and uh, Wisconsin and uh, the revenge tour moves on and uh, it, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to a 1983 Iowa, Illinois game. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> In other words, just <laughs> low scoring and uh... <laughs> 33 to nothing. That was such a beautiful day in Memorial stadium. There you go. Very nice. I would like to see that again. We know 2015 was the last time that Illinois started four and one Game six of that schedule was at Iowa, and, and they lost that game. So it's time to come back uh, around and, um, and pick this up. But to your point, you look at how Illinois finished the season uh, last year by winning uh, three of their last five. So if you, you take that and do some quick math, that is seven and three. They've gone to the last 10 games. Um, that's, that's, that has not happened in, in, in quite a while. Hey, I do want to get your thoughts on, on Paul Chris before we, we do move on. And, uh, and put that to bed. I mean, uh, you know, Illinois waxes that Badger 34-10, first win in Madison in 20 years. The next day, Chris is fired. 67 wins, 26 losses, but just 2-3 and three this season and 0-2 in the Big Ten. Uh, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough when you see uh, you've been pretty successful and you still get fired. But I think they're looking at it's a futures game. You know, they're looking at what's going to happen in the future and, um, regardless of his success, I don't, they haven't really, and, and this lack of return, they haven't won big. You know what I mean? I think the only way you're safe at some of these programs is to win big. Like in uh, Wisconsin thinks that they're Ohio state or Michigan. I mean, they want to be on that echelon and, and to, they're not there right now. And, you know, they won the big 10 a few years. Um, and, but I just don't think, I think it was probably a little early because what are you gaining, um, for this year. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that you're gaining anything in recruiting by firing him right now. I think it was a little bit of a panic move. Um, I think I would let him finish out the year and then see where you're at. And then if he, you need to fire him, you fire him. And you know, it, I don't think it would have changed anything, or maybe you want to test Jim Leonard here and see what he can do. Yeah. I think that's it, Brad. I, I think they want to give, give him, you know, an opportunity. I talked to a guy up in Wisconsin who thought maybe, five and two, you know, was what he needs to shoot for. And if you give him the opportunity, maybe you can convince him to stay on as defensive coordinator with some sweet talking and a raise. If you bring in somebody like Leopold from Kansas, um, if, if he's found to not be the guy, I do think that this is what happens when you're looking at $75 million a year coming from TV contracts. And, football driving the ship and you need to have a good football program, but will, will, uh, you know, Chris, his name be remembered like Solich's name 
over in Nebraska where they're like, gosh, maybe we should have kept him. And I, I think the future is going to be very, very revealing on that. Mike, to your point of Nebraska, Bo Pelini was like 66 and 28 or something like that. Almost the same record Paul Christ had. Nebraska got rid of him, and then it was, you know, not, then they had Mike Riley, Scott Frost, and yeah, hasn't worked out so well for them because they're back in the chase again. So you just never know. Sometimes you roll the dice, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, that's a great point, Brad. Yeah, and how about Paul Christ? Uh, all reports uh, a buyout of as much as sixteen million dollars. I'll take your money and, and go play golf. Yeah, no problem at all. Well, stay with us. Uh, Dennis Don of CBSSports.com joins us next to talk Big Ten expansion and the ever-changing college football landscape. Can't wait for that conversation. That's next on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Join BigSportsRadio.com and get a chance to win cash each week. BigSportsRadio.com keeps you in the know with the latest news of your favorite Big Ten teams and gives you five chances each week to win a $100 cash prize. Sign up today for free at BigSportsRadio.com. This segment presented by Busey Bank. He's one of our favorite college football journalists of all time. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports now joins us. Uh, he has been all over the Big Ten expansion and the future of college football. Uh, Dennis, the humblest of welcomes. And let's jump right in with, with some honesty. My fandom has increased lately, and Mike and Brad can back me up on this. I wrote a manifesto in July predicting the Big Ten will eventually include six former Pac-12 teams when it's all said and done. And, sir, your reporting indicates that remains a very strong possibility that my guess is correct. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really think it's it's up right now. The whole thing is in the laps of the Big Ten presidents. If they if they want to do this, if Kevin Warren, the commissioner, can convince them to do this, then it's going to happen. Um, they really hold the levers. Now, I'm not sure it is, but Kevin Warren continues to push this as his initiative to really – I don't know what the word is. He calls himself a disruptor and a change agent and all this other stuff to really take over college sports. If you think about it, 20, at least 20 teams academically and athletically, maybe the best ever conference. Um, the implications for the tournament, for the expanded college football playoff alone, forget the money, are, are, are massive. So uh, and I think that's part of the reason why he's doing it. I mean, you know, we can talk about the not the abuses, but the presence of money in the system. It, it just is guys. It just is right now. One of the things I think is interesting is when the presidents are looking at this, obviously you've got the revenue from the potential TV deal, but what about the research side? When you look at the money that a Stanford generates, um, is there any chance that the presidents would say, okay, you know, the, maybe the TV doesn't add up perfectly, but the dollars on the research side, which is even bigger than the TV dollars, 
is that something that they're considering or is that something that, that, you know, us sports people should just stick to sports? No, you raise a great point. I think the fact that um, Stanford and Cal would be in the mix helps it sell to the presidents in that every school in the Big Ten now, except Nebraska is an AAU school, which is the American Association of Universities. If people don't know it, it, it's a century old um, organization of elite research universities. Uh, And you basically have to have a teaching hospital blah, 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 attached to your school. And in the if, you, if you, you can Google the list, it is very elite. Stanford and Cal are on there. I think Oregon and Washington are on there yeah. as well. Yes. So it would be everybody but Nebraska, who, by the way, lost their accreditation. Still the only school in the century-old history of this group to lose its accreditation a month after joining the Big Ten. So, yeah, that would be a big piece. <laughs> Probably Scott Frost. <laughs> it's his fault. No, no, no. The irony is, the irony is, Jim Delaney got up there in Lincoln and said, you know, talked about the great academic match for the Big Ten, and then a month later, they're, you know, they're oh. Kansas State. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, those, in fact, are the four teams that um, that I think in the year, but you look, in the year twenty thirty, we look back, and I think those four teams, um, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington, uh, join USC and UCLA as kind of a Western you know, division, if you will, of, of, of the expanded um, Big Ten. Um, how important is it? Is, is it any concern at all that you do need to have other Western partners? Um, obviously, you need to have the money there. You mentioned, again, the AAU, um, you know, affiliation with with uh, the research uh, side of this, and that's big for the Big Ten presidents. But um, at the same time, you know, in terms of the, the, the dollars making it happen, you mentioned that Amazon is still very much in talks with the Big Ten that they, you know, they actually put out a pretty good package. The Big Ten turned turned away from. Yeah. Can they make that work? And and it sounds like you're about a week ago. You had a column saying, "Hey, these other four schools are very much in play." If Kevin Warren can get the Amazon thing to work out, yeah, I think if he can get a number from Amazon that is palatable, that satisfies the presidents, then he can do it. But that's a big if, you know. I. I was told industry sources told me that that number is somewhere south of 100 million for those four schools. So you're talking about less than 25 million dollars a year for those four schools when the other 16 are making 75, maybe 80 million per year. So the question then becomes, well, two questions. Uh, does one of those st- tech giant streamers, Apple, Amazon, some other you know entity, want to get in on the ground floor? For content that is not going to be great, uh, Apple Apple teamed up with uh, MLS for ten years because they get the whole league and soccer's huge, so they get the whole league. Um, the Fox deal with CBS and NBC is the top, you know, the top content. Uh, whoever buys, if they buy it, whoever buys that, those four schools will get fifth, sixth, and seventh choices every Saturday, and none of them will be Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. So you have to think about that. But the long-term play may be we're in the ground floor. This is an investment. The next time this comes open, and it's only a seven-year deal, that's a blink of an eye in, in media rights, that you know we could be a partner and get in as an equity partner. So, And don't forget that according to a report from Sports Business Journal, um, uh, Amazon outbid the other suitors for, the pa- for one of the packages and did not make it. Because of number one visibility, the the presidents or whoever were worried about their team's you know ability to be seen by people um, and distribution. Uh, 
people don't know this, the entire, the 100% of the US isn't wired for hard cable yet uh, to even get this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the number is, but I, I was told like Morgantown, West Virginia isn't wired for this. So wow. that's another thing to think about. Huh. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Would it, two questions on a follow-up. Is there an escalator clause in the existing Fox, CBS, NBC um, deals that if, you know, four more teams were to come in, do those do the do the networks maybe pay a little bit more? Um, that's the first question. And then the second question is, even though you would have a lesser uh, degree of games, you know, with the fifth, sixth and seventh, do you think the novelty factor, at least for the first seven years, you know, would be a, a, enough to offset that? Because, you know, the bottom line is, is, is maybe Washington and, you know, Indiana is not a huge sell, but it is something that fans really right. haven't seen much of. Yeah, that's a good question, because you're balancing the fact that the likes of Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, what have you, are against this because of what I just mentioned. We want we don't want our games on on streaming because streaming hasn't hit yet. I just mentioned how 100% of yep. the houses aren't wired yet. Uh, the Big 12, on the other hand, had in their last deal, uh, went with ESPN Plus for a lot of their content because they had no, there was not enough eyeballs to launch a network. So that was the best play for them. Um, so yeah, uh, and, and I think your other question was about, um, what was your first question? The escalator the escal cause. Yeah, to my knowledge, this would be a separate deal. Fox and ESPN are against expansion. They're all but screaming it to the Big Ten uh, because this they think this kind of devalues the product if there's a separate contract set out there for those four teams. Um, uh, but, I, but again, that doesn't preclude the Big Ten or Kevin Warren from doing it in 2016. The Big 12 was looking at expanding basically the four teams that they brought in last year. Uh, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston. And they eventually ultimately didn't do it because they didn't want to antagonize ESPN because there was an escalator clause in that contract, which amazingly enough basically said if the Big 12 brought in any four teams that they wanted, they would get a billion dollars more money over the course of the contract. In other words, $250 million per team. And look where that got them. Uh, ESPN sure. went and got helped help get Texas and Oklahoma last year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, let's look outside of of Pac-12 teams going to the to the Big Ten. Um, you know, there have been a number of other schools that we heard rumblings of uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina, um, even heard Miami, um, Florida State doesn't really fit the model in terms of the research with AAU. Um, but what other schools are you still hearing of some possible conversations um, regarding the Big Ten? Uh, well, there's really no uh, no others in play. You got to look across the country. Mm -hmm. Unless Notre Dame wakes up tomorrow and decides to join, um, that's it. You know, that ain't happening. Um, I don't think there's any desire to get any ACC to conference and they can't find any holes in it. It's ironclad through the next 14 years. You basically can't leave without the conference owning your TV rights. So if that's the case, then. I don't think there's anywhere else. I don't think there's anywhere else the Big Ten wants to go. I don't. I don't think there's anywhere else where they have to conquer the world. I think if they get these four, then the Big Twelve gets the four corner schools: Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, and then then the story becomes that's the end of the Pac-12. What does that look like? Uh, again, Fox and ESPN are, are really against this. They would rather have a Pac-12. Number one, 
It's stability in the market and both those networks, all of them like cost certainty. Um, number two, I think ESPN wants a crack at, um, really wants that fourth window, which the Pac-12, if nothing else, with those 10 teams right now owns. And by the fourth window, I mean late night. We yep. can all make fun of Pac-12 after dark. But what people didn't realize is, was that did a number ratings-wise that was better than the alternative, which was infomercials at that point or whatever. I mean, <laughs> right. you take your point. I mean, Saturday Night Live's on, but it, but it was worth programming whatever the, the Pac-12 had at that point um, to show. So that's I think that's why they want to keep it together, and that's why this is really teetering on the brink of the uh, of the Pac-12 going away. Yeah, and I keep thinking that if you look at the attractiveness of having, again, it's a bad way to describe it, but a Big yeah. Ten Pac-12 battles, you know, at, at ten o'clock at night, I see a lot of us Midwesterners. <laughs> staying up another yeah. you know watching another game because it's like holy cow we can get an opportunity to get some more football and one thing i think is also underrated in what kevin warren has done is the way he's partnered with the networks that are broadcasting um on sundays all day long the nfl which is the powerhouse in television it reminds me a little bit of what vince mcmahon pulled off by going to fox and elevating, you know, the the whole exposure of that as well. I think that may be an underestimated part of what of what uh, Warren has done to get that type of spotlight on Sunday afternoon for your yeah. advertising for next week's game. Well, and he's he has, uh, and that's a great point. Uh, I should mention on the advertising piece, if Amazon does this, then a big part of this is they can promote their Sunday game, their Saturday games on Thursday night football and vice versa. That's a big part of it. It's called, it's called the halo effect. You know, when you have, when, when networks had the national championship, they spend the whole season saying, don't forget to watch the national championship on, on uh, ABC or ESPN. Um, The other part of that is you mentioned the NFL and both Greg Sankey and Kevin Warren have sort of said it out loud now that the way it's structured the SEC and Big Ten are, are like the NFL, AF, uh, AFC and NFC, if you will. And if you look what Kevin Warren did with this contract, they they own these windows now. They have a big noon window. They have a 3.30 window um, on NBC, or I'm sorry, on uh, on CBS, which, you know, is great for us, great for me, great for our company. Wow, Big Ten, uh, great to have them back. And then the late night, not the late night, the primetime window on NBC, which has been branded. The Big Ten on Saturday night. This is a big deal. So what do we see on Sundays? We see Central Time, our Central Time. Right. You know, noon, three o'clock and um, prime time on Sunday. It's very, very much like the NFL now. I think that you're exactly right, that you're setting up the same kind of thing. And as we mentioned, Kevin Warren, his NFL background, said he would like to see that kind of model. And I think as well, you made another great point in terms of the cross-marketing and the advertising, you can follow the direct chain of what networks had what NFL package in the 90s and how their weekly ratings went. Um, you know, when NBC lost, when, when CBS lost the NFC to Fox, their programming during the week, the numbers went down. When they then took the AFC oh, yeah. away from NBC, yeah. their numbers went back up and NBC's went down. I mean, so so there's a that's what I think people don't understand is that you are buying a window every Sunday afternoon to promote during the week. So that's great. And, yeah. and there's nothing else that that 
was going to deliver that captive audience because, you know, look at the sports bars that have made billions of dollars over the years, because what do we do? We go eat after church and we go watch our favorite team or whatever. That's a, yeah, that's a great observation because what I realized in August when they announced that new deal is that, and they hammered it home. um, Nothing beats live college, live sports content, uh, on broadcast TV, on over-the-air TV. Uh, linear cable is still right there, but there is still something that reaches the masses better about um, over-the-air. And by over-the-air broadcast, I'm talking about the major networks, Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS. Um, ESPN's losing losing subscribers, but they're making it up you know, other ways, and they're still a giant. But there's still, that is still the mother's milk of the industry. And if you, if you can own that, you own a lot. And to your point that even during the week that it means ratings, um, the translation of it, it brands you as a big time entity, not that they weren't before, but if you've got, Hey, we're the network of the NFL, we're the network of the big 10. That means a lot. Yeah. I almost think the, um, you know, for a lot of people, you know, my age at 55 of seminal moment in, in TV watching was when Fox got, the you know the nfc it was all of a sudden their nighttime you know became a real thing because they were kind of like oh yeah well this happened um the other question i have to ask you is so i'm trying to sell to my wife how i have to work all day on saturday because (laughs) i have to watch the big 10 you know for 12 hours any tips on that because there's (laughs) there i get some sideways glances yeah. When I'm on the couch and let's say I've got, you know, a piece of pizza and I'm and I'm like, honey, I'm trying to focus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's a strain. Listen, I'm not going to say it's easy. I Thank I you. do it now with uh, when I'm not out, you know, for the country where, OK, how many screens can I get up? Um, I really like stat broadcast. I don't know if you guys yeah. see that. It's it's the not the play-by-play, it's the box score on your screen yeah. of every game and it breaks it down. So you you know what people are doing in real time, which is something even the TVs can't give you because they're doing, they're doing mostly images um, and not stats. So yeah. And then uh, it's, and then you, you look up and go, Oh, it's midnight and it's the third quarter at USC and you go, Oh, sorry, honey. You know, <laughs> I'm working. I don't, I don't have any tips there. Right. <laughs> my, my wife just she just slowly just goes to bed, and I you know she knows uh-huh. two, two three in the morning. Here I, I here I come. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see you in January. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Dennis, well, then we, we, but but then it's college basketball. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got more work. You know, there's just more work than I can do. I'm yeah. just one person, and that's worse for me, as you know. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I, I just don't sleep in March. I just I've given up a long time ago. Hey, Dennis, we don't want to take too much of your time, but it is great talking with you, and we hopefully you can uh, find some time in your schedule to come back and join us later on toward the end of the season, and uh, and let's talk some more. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Dennis Dodd. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter, Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, and um, I, I I will tell you, I'm not just pandering to our guest uh it's the first place i go uh every day several times a day and and if it's the dennis dot article it's the first one that i read so and that's i've been doing that for about 15 years now dennis uh thanks again uh stay with us we're back with much more after this keep it here at busey bank we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams since 1868 we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, 
and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry, Brad, and Mike right back here. Uh, glad you're with us still. Uh, looking around the country, um, baseball wrapping up. And uh, finally, uh, a few nights ago, Tuesday night, uh, Aaron Judge breaking through, doing what no American League slugger has ever done before. Yeah, 62 home runs. Great, great accomplishment. I know people say, well, you know, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, you know, he's fourth, whatever. But um, the reality is this is uh, it's very impressive what he's done with his batting average, with his, you know, you know close to the triple crown. Um you know, Judge has been fantastic, and it's impressive. He bet on himself, and and he delivered this year. Yeah, it, it, it's it's phenomenal to see a guy do that well. And then the other part was is so many times his at-bats have cut into other sporting events. It's not his <laughs> fault, but people were getting frustrated. So now it will be he's, – he's got the record, and people will be able to watch their games with no problems. Yeah, pretty cool. And and the whole asterisk thing, I don't care anymore. I mean, my goodness, it's, you know, whatever. You hit 62, and yep. that's fantastic. Uh, hard to believe that the top three single-season uh, home run hitters in the American League, all Yankees, uh, Judge Maris and, and Ruth. Speaking of Ruth, uh, Albert Pujols um, passing him on the all-time RBI list a few days ago as he is now second and runs batted in only to Hank Aaron. Um I don't think there's ever a doubt that Albert Pujols is headed to Cooperstown, but he certainly has solidified that uh, with this final season. What a year he's had, you know, second in RBIs. It crossed the 700 home run threshold. Here's the reality. Think about this. He's probably, he's probably one rung higher on the home run ladder. If not for the uh, shortened pandemic season, you know, he's probably ahead of Ruth, which is pretty good. I mean, when you, anytime you're ranked ahead of Babe Ruth in anything, that's good. Right. I mean, you're so yeah, Albert Pujols, you know, what a great career. Um, just uh, kudos to him coming back this year and just being fantastic for St. Louis and heading into the postseason. Yeah. And he looks and, and hits like a 25 year old again. Um, it would be really cool to see this hot streak continue all the way through their world series, uh, championship, but we'll see how those things go. He's <laughs> found those magic healing waters of the old Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Albert's found it, which he had never left and uh, went to see the Angels and Dodgers a decade ago. Um, he had like 900 home runs. If he was yeah, exactly. That's he'd stuck around. He might. That's right. Yeah. Uh, crazy story in, in Dallas this week. SMU with the, several players all kind of going in mass to sit out and into the transfer portal and leave. And these are not just guys who weren't playing. These were guys who all were playing key roles. But again, another issue, uh, you know, that, that comes out of the, the transfer portal and, and the things that 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 can happen that we, we used to, we never see, saw these kinds of things happen. Yeah. It's really weird. It's a different world. You know, these guys know that, you know, they can go play right away and now they're already, they're getting ready to take official visits. They can yeah. go on game day because they're not playing. So um, it's, it's a different world. I mean, than we had before. And when kids aren't unhappy, this is, this is what we're going to see. And so it, coaches have to navigate things a lot differently than they had to, you know, even just a couple of years ago. Yeah, this this is like the old 
science fiction thing, the law of unintended consequences. So you've got this transfer rule. This is great. It's going to allow the players to leave. But wait a minute. You're not all leaving in the middle of the season. But um, apparently, you know, you the, the fine print maybe needs to be blown up and, and edited a little bit in these transfer rules. Uh, crazy thing that the SMU coaches uh, are going to have to deal with and the fans who bought tickets, you know, to see games as it's got to be a little bit uh, challenging for them too. And, and would it be hard? I mean, just, I'm just throwing this out there and want to get your thoughts. If you are another coach looking at one of these players um, and if the transfer portal rules, I mean, I, I forget where we are right now where I think they can transfer again in a year, right? Like it's, it's kind of like, yeah. right. I mean, would, would, would you not pause no matter how good the player is thinking, well, if he's not happy here, he may leave again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And this isn't a situation where a kid's sitting out a bowl game because he's, planning for his future. This is a kid who just doesn't like where he's at. He's going to go somewhere else. I don't like this class. I want to do something different. Um, this is, but I think this is where we're at. Like people just, if I'm unhappy, I can, I can quit, you know, and it's okay. And so, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of coaches who aren't going to take some of these guys, but then they're going to be coaches who are desperate because if they're talented, you know, it's one of those things. Talented guys can do a lot worse things than guys who aren't as talented. Yeah. It's, uh, Look, the best predictor of the future is the past. I would not personally be real enthused. But then again, you know, you, you really need a positional player. Maybe, you know, you're like, I've got to I've got to deal with it. Um, there's the coaches make a lot of money nowadays. And in some respects, there's part of it that they earn, you know, looking at this transfer situation and what Paul Christ is dealing with. Um, it's crazy out there. Yeah, it really is. Um, I want to get in another story before we get to a break here in a couple of minutes. Um, Tua down in, in Miami, um, the back-to-back games with concussions. He is not going to play ruled out for the week five game against the Jets. They are saying correctly, there's no timetable for his, his return. Um, you know, I think most of us, even if we weren't watching the game, we've seen the highlights of what happened with him. Um, violent sack, legal sack. Um, it was not against the rules. But what happened after that was frightening, and I think none of us will forget that. Um, and I know I've heard so many people say, you know, they don't even want to see him come back. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think he's going to play again. But I, I, there are just too many players out there right now that, that we know have had CTE um, or you know, we're concerned that could be candidates. And uh, this is frightening for someone who's, who's a very young man. He's not very old. Yeah, it's, it's, it was scary. You saw that, and you were like, oh, what? Oh my gosh. You know, it's almost like the Theismann leg injury type thing where you just like saw it and you were like, Oh, you you know, quit showing it, stop showing it. And um, it it was, it was tough to watch. Now, the one thing I will say, there were a lot of Twitter experts who stayed at a holiday and express um, and they became experts on concussions and concussion protocol through this time period. So that's the good thing. There are a lot of experts out there that we didn't, (laughs) we didn't know a lot of new doctors who just stayed the holiday express. So. And we they got are themselves. So thank, thank goodness for that. And now we know who they are. We thank know you. who to go to. That's sick. Yeah, well, you know, a month or two ago, they were Ukraine policy experts and before that COVID. So it, there's a lot of experts out there, apparently. Um, I will tell you that when he got up and kind of staggered around uh, in our living room as a, as a family, myself and my sons, we were like, how, how is he in the game still? Yeah. And we, uh, that's just and we played football. And, you know, you don't want to see somebody get hurt. So, 
it's just it's too scary. I've I've told you guys off radio that I got a chance to meet Dave Dewarts and Dave Dewarson several years ago when I am seen an event and spent some time with him and the classiest guy. He's exactly who you thought he was. Um, the guy who did it right, you know, went to Notre Dame, played football, came out, was successful in business. And and what happened over the, the 10 years after I met him and, of course, eventually his suicide um, is, I mean, he's not a close friend of mine, but it was just staggering to think of the person I met and the person he was and then what happened and turned out it was diagnosed that he did have CTE. So um, that first off, our thoughts go out to Tua as a person. He's an outstanding athlete and, and let's hope he safely uh, makes a return to the Dolphins uh, when that time is right. And we've got more college football talk on the way. That's coming up next. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today. 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. This segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Illini hosting Iowa Saturday night in a rare nighttime Big Ten game at Memorial Stadium. It's been a while. Here's Coach Bielema in his news conference earlier this week. I think our guys, uh, when that first series got done, uh, I might have said this the other day, um, you know, I, I, I always, as a head coach, one of the advantage points I have is just geography. I get to watch my coaches walk, watch my coaches work. And then I get to watch the reaction of those players who are working with them. And when a coach walks away, he may be headed in that direction, look that way, and his player's looking right at him, and the player will do one of three things. He'll kind of either roll his eyes, or he'll just kind of like give it a head, or he might give it a, another expression, right? Like, I watch those things to see how, they're well, how well they're taking the coaching they're being given. And our kids, um, it's like they're at a golden corral 24 7 they just want to eat man they just like they love um they love the knowledge they know that anything that they've been given to them um uh just a little thing um it's not a little thing it's a huge thing taz made a nice little corner edge pressure blitz um that took the running back i think a little bit by surprise and if you truly look at that play a lot of times you can tell where corner blitzes are coming from because of a tip and there is no tip there's no tell there's no uh, and I believe Taz is a very intelligent football player, but he was coached to do that, right? And the thing that I think gets lost in the shuffle, and, and everybody wants to give, and believe me, uh, Ryan Walters deserves all the credit in the world, uh, but our players are playing at a high level because they're taking coaching and they're applying it to the practice field. And when they apply it to the practice field, practice habits become game day reality, and game day reality gives you game day results, and game day results are what we're looking for. And and. Uh, that there's a lot of that going on in our building right now, and 
on defense for sure, but also in, in all, all three phases. Well, it's obviously he's happy. I mean, I think he, he, it's hard to not win. <laughs> Hard to not be happy when you win 34 to 10 and you go on the road and dominate uh, one of the Big Ten West favorites and powers. And so he, he's got to feel good about where they're at as a team. I, I think that they're fairly healthy over. I mean, everything's going well for Illinois. And, and now they've got an opportunity in a in a marquee matchup and a nighttime game should be an electric atmosphere filling the seats a little bit. I'm not sure it's going to be 60,000, but. <laughs> it's going to be a gradual buildup where you can get more and more people in the in Memorial Stadium. And, and you know, it just makes it a little bit, they're getting an inch and a little bit closer to where he wants to get this program. Yeah. And, and look, Coach B is, you know, basically having at least what could be a miraculous year, but you're not going to erase uh, 30 years of uh, rough football in one year. I don't care who you are. Um, and, and I hope his, as a coach, I hope his goals and objectives for himself are realistic. Um, but I'll tell you what, it is going to be an electric atmosphere, starting with the Illini guys, um, tailgate, you know, people will be there and then going on to the game with Iowa, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, this is, this is getting like it used to be back in the eighties when every game meant something. You know, I think you're right that it's, you know, I look, I, I know everyone wants 60,000 or 50. I, I get that. And it's deserved. But Mike, to your point, you look at good, just take a look through and you, it's on the Internet. You can find it. This has been a steady drain on attendance going back 30 years to your point. Um, this is a program and hasn't had 50,000, hasn't had 80 percent capacity for a homecoming game in a decade since Ron Zook was here. So. Um, you know, listen, do they deserve it? Absolutely. And we want everyone within the sound of our voices to get out there and, and support the team. But the reality is, um, and we've heard people on the IlliniGuys.com board talking about this, you know, they already have plans. They've already have tickets for other things and other things going on. And, and so some people that may not be able to make it in uh, won't be there. But I, I think that if you can continue to win, if you get to November, there's no reason why at this point you shouldn't get more people uh, in-house. Um, we've got a lot more to come here as uh, after hearing from coach, we'll hear from uh, the analysts, by the way, this segment brought to you by OSF healthcare, Matt Stevens, the Illini guys joins us next to break down this uh, matchup right here, here on the Illini guys radio network. Slow down. They say you're getting older, relax. Seriously. You're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see at OSF healthcare. We want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. 
You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Let's bring in Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Matt defense is in for this one. Illinois, number two in the nation in scoring defense. Iowa coming in, I believe, at number four, uh, 8.4 points per game to 10 points per game. So um, I, I think even the over-under was like, I saw earlier this week, like 35.5, I think, when I happen to, I don't, I'm not a big, you know, big, uh, big gambler, but I do notice those things. In other words, they were saying that not more than seven touch or five touchdowns to be scored at all by both teams combined. Yeah, you're not a degenerate like I am, which <laughs> made me look at that. Well, that was the first number I wanted to see was what, what, what was the over-under? And yeah. it's kind of like the over-unders I always see when service academies play because they they train against each other in the same offense for 12 months out of the year. And they usually and it's usually around the low 30s because, you know, you're going to get a you know, you're going to get a uh, a struggle on offense, both sides. And I, I do think points are going to be at a premium on Saturday night in Champaign. And I think both sides know and understand that. So going in, what are the most important things? Just like they were in Madison, you win the turnover battle, you get more chances to score. And Illinois did that. And I think that's, that's number one. And then number two is I think whichever team decides that it can you know, dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And that usually means who's going to run the ball better that, probably is you know system number two on how you're going to pick a winner on Saturday you know and and I guess I Matt I I agree with you points are premium this Iowa offense has not been very good I mean I I I don't want to say they're not good at all because you know who knows they might come out and throw up a 30 spot but they have not been very good at scoring points and um, even though sometimes Illinois has been hit and miss at times They've been pretty consistent at getting to at least a certain level uh, and, and scoring 20-plus points, right? Is there a reason to think that Iowa's suddenly going to become good offensively, or is Iowa going to need some turnovers to maybe score against this Illinois defense in any kind of consistent fashion? Oh, I think Iowa's going to need some turnovers. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's still Kirk's son as the offensive coordinator, and, and what makes it worse, Brad, is that, I, you know, I personally believe that Iowa is ruining a generational defense and generational special teams. Um, Phil Parker is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country over at Iowa. And I think that if they were doing that at another program that could be average offensively, they could probably compete with Ohio State. I do feel that way and, and potentially win the Big Ten. And maybe it would be one of those years where it was like Wisconsin would just cruise out of the West and then just have to basically prepare for the big 10 title game. That's what Iowa would be facing if they, if they didn't have Brian Ferentz as their offensive coordinator and coaching quarterbacks, which is something that he has never done his entire offensive career before his dad promoted him. He's always been an offensive line coach. They don't have anybody providing any guidance and, and, and development for Spencer Petras, who I actually think is a talented player, um, and could get better over time, but they they just don't do that um, right now at Iowa, and I think it's a real hindrance as to what they're doing because defensively they're putting up, again, generationally elite numbers, and I think special teams is something that Iowa always prides itself on doing very, very well. So you 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 have to feel like if you're going to beat Iowa, just like Michigan did, you're going to have to run the football and, and you're going to have to get to a point total that you don't think Iowa can get to, and that's exactly what Michigan did in Iowa City last week. So Illinois needs to get the six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, to me, the whole game comes down to, the, I believe, 
the gap between the Illinois defense and the Iowa offense is much greater than the gap between the Iowa defense and the Iowa offense, or excuse me, the Illinois offense. What really scares me is the X factor of the special teams. We can't have an 11 yard punt. We can't have a turnover, you know, on, on the kickoff team. And, and to me, if the special teams plays well, um, I think Illinois should be in a good place. I agree. I think, uh, I think there's two keys, Mike, that you, 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 I thought was where I thought you were going to go. Um, if Illinois' defensive line plays the way they have over the last month, I think they win the football game because Iowa secretly, and this is this is actually something that I learned through the pro football focus data, which I was actually surprised about because Brian Ferentz's teams usually block pretty well. Well, they're not blocking anybody pretty well on, on passing downs, you know, for Spencer Petrus. I think they they have somewhere in the neighborhood of almost 50 quarterback pressures that they've already given up this year, okay? Um and, and I'm telling you, the, the law firm is, is really licking their chops at getting a chance on a third down to kind of get, a, get at Spencer Petras, just like they did last week to Graham Mertz. Um, and I think Ryan Walters has a plan for somebody, if they can get to a third and even manageable or even a third and long, that you're not going to be able to move the chains. So that's one. And then the special teams, I actually, if, if, if Hugh Robertson can repeat the performance he had in Madison, there's there's... There's two punts inside the 20 that I would have taken, especially one that was inside the five that resulted eventually in the turnover. You know, I don't have spin like that on my wedges. Like you did a really, really good job there. And, and I think if he continue to pull that off, the one X factor I think is Caleb Griffin's got to figure out this lower body, what I think is a groin injury, um, you know, a slight groin injury that could get him back on kickoffs. And therefore everybody's going to be starting on the 25 if Caleb Griffin's kicking off. Talking here with Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. And Matt, you had a great uh, piece this week. You know, every week you do your film review, and it's always so good. You and Steve Stern really breaking down, um, you know, kind of going, you know, you know, frame by frame, really, and, and sometimes. And you had a great point that you talked about how once Illinois got past Wisconsin's scripted start, and, and teams will script their first 15, 20, 25 plays. Once they got past that, you said he, they, he, he never got rattled. He never panicked. And therefore, the team never panicked. And I think it's what we've been talking about now for the past year, year and a half, is you've got to get to the point where the players buy into what you're doing. And it seems now the difference I really feel this week after this win, more so than Penn State and Minnesota last year, is that this team really, truly believes. And, and to your point, we've seen this before, that you see it, you go to Wisconsin and the, and the team right, goes right down the field and scores. You're like, oh, boy, well, here we go. Here we go again. And that never happened. And I think that's the difference going into the Iowa game this week and moving forward. Yeah, they, Larry, they laughed. Uh, you know, Wisconsin dog walks the ball down the field, seven plays. I think Graham Mertz was four for four. He throws the touchdown pass on the wheel route. Everybody on the defense laughed because they had, they had not shown that on film all month. And I think everybody on Illinois' defense was like, these guys had to break out new stuff to get down the field and score and put that seven spot up on us. Like you said, Larry, once they get off the script, they're going to show us exactly who they are again and go back to exactly who they are. And quite frankly, Graham Mertz is going to Graham Mertz. And, and that's exactly what happened. And I think a younger Ryan Walters, a first-year defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, would have said, oh, my God, what's going wrong? How do we fix this? Like, what, you know, how do I, how do I fix this? We got to flip. We got to change what we're doing right now. And now the, the experienced defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, kind of looked at that and went, no, no, we're fine. Everything's fine. And all of these guys that are in year two of Ryan Walters' system, they came off the field and were like, coach, we're good. We're fine. Everything's good. 
So yeah, I, I think that was more encouraging than people even really believe is that, okay, you're down seven, nothing, but this isn't the end of the world. And we know what we have to do. And, and this is, this is an anomaly. It's not something that's going to happen over and over and over again today. So that's, that's definitely a change from what we've seen in past administrations of Illinois, no doubt. It's a different Illini team. There's no question. Illinois uh, going in uh, earlier this week was a three point favorite. And it looks like that'll hold to so a slight favorite, but again, this hasn't happened in Illinois football where you're a favorite against Iowa going into Champaign or Iowa City. It doesn't matter, but a 6.30 p.m. kick once again. Matt Stevens, Line Eye Guys, always appreciate the knowledge. We'll talk to you next week. Not a problem. Have a good one, guys. All right. And uh, Matt Stevens uh, there again, IlliniGuys.com, football writer and analyst, uh, as always, has great stuff on the website all during the week to get you ready for the game and great analysis afterwards. And don't forget the Eye on the Illini podcast with Matt uh, Mike and Brad and Kendrick Prince as well <clears throat> as they break down the game. Look for that uh, later on Saturday evening, wherever you find your podcast, as well as on the front page of the IlliniGuys.com. Uh, You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, another big hour in store. David Moulton joins us, friend of the show, fresh off his duties with a Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. We'll talk with him before he heads off to Kansas City for the Raiders-Chiefs game. And we'll also run down the best among the top 25 games uh, this weekend. Top 25 games, I should say. It's a, it's a very poor enunciation and emphasis there. All right, let's get around the big <laughs> 10. Uh, you know, the most intriguing matchup to me, I just get excited, like a wind-up toy. You just got to, you know, just, just go off and run into walls. Uh, most intriguing game to me this weekend in the Big Ten. There's no question, Iowa at Illinois, uh, both among the scrum at the top of the Big Ten West uh, at one and one, Illinois four and one for the first time since 2015. And hold on to your Illini wicks. If they win this game, they could be ranked. Illinois and Kansas both ranked at the same time in football. Isn't that one of the signs of the apocalypse? Yeah, I believe we'll have locusts coming next. Um, there's definitely some uh, bad stuff going to happen if that happens. No, I, I it's a, kind of amazing if you think about it, where those programs and how quick they've become, you know, under under these two guys, Bielema and Leipold, they've, they've just immediately gotten better. And um it's really impressive. And this Big Ten West, you you describe it perfectly. It's a scrum. And, and somebody's going to come out of this. It's like the rugby pile, and somebody eventually is going to emerge and run away. It's like I, – I, I'd say it's more like a swarm. It's like little six and under soccer. And they're all in the big scrum, and then all of a sudden one of them breaks free with the ball and goes and scores a goal. And that's what's going to happen in the Big Ten West. Let's hope that person breaking free and scoring is Chase Brown. I'm all for that. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I, I do think you can tell sometimes, you know, you good coaching matters in college sports. And, um, you know, Leipold, Bielma um, are proving that when you select the right individual, and there's a lot of good people that you can choose from, but they're the ones who are having the success. And boy, getting the right person in place it makes everything start to fall um, you know, the, the chips start coming your way. So uh, kudos to Josh Whitman for the hire that he did to bring uh, Brett to town. Yeah. And uh, out of that, off that Kurt Ferentz coaching tree, Brett Bielema talked about that earlier this week, that uh, it is the people going against the teacher, two very good coaches 
Um, and uh, this should be a very entertaining matchup in Champaign. Uh, meanwhile, do you think Michigan State would like to just do a do-over? Just go, you know what? I'm reaching my bag. I, I think I've got one more mulligan. And I, I would have, I can I tee this up again? Remember when the Spartans were beating up on Mac opponents? Four straight losses now against the big boys. And now, congratulations, third-ranked Ohio State finally leaves Columbus, and they come to town to East Lansing. Mel Tucker's just glad he doesn't have to give back some of the money um, for <laughs> when they lose. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's you know, they're paying him a lot of money, and I don't think it's to beat Mac opponents. It's to win in the Big Ten um, East, which is not an easy place to do it. I think uh, Ohio State is a, whoo, they're, uh, they're rolling, and I think uh, Michigan State's a bad time to be playing the Buckeyes. Yeah, especially when that defense is getting better each week under Knowles, you know, in his first year. So um, the odds are that Ohio State's going to be a better team this week than they were last week. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not certain that Michigan State can say the same thing. So, um, you know, if, if you're really looking to come off of a bad streak, you don't want Ohio State to be next on your schedule. And I don't care whether it's at your place or theirs. Uh, probably going to be a long weekend for the Spartans. Yeah, you've, got a, you've also got, you know, a Michigan team that is uh... – took care of Iowa on the road and now they, they head to Indiana for another road game. And the, the Hoosiers are, you know, outside of the, they do have the one win. They're the one team to beat Illinois this year. Uh, they had one good game, but uh, Hoosiers have been struggling for a couple of years. Michigan, I, I think it's going to be a lot easier to go against that Indiana defense than it was the Iowa defense. I like JJ McCarthy with a big day and Michigan to uh, kind of cruise again and um, look like the number four team in the country and take care of the Hoosiers in Bloomington. Yeah, and you go over to uh, Evanston, where Wisconsin, who's got to be in a really angry mood, going over there with a new head coach, um, coming off of a 34-10 to 10 loss, and then having the Wildcats, who are amidst their own struggles. Um, they looked good from the scoreboard standpoint against Penn State, but I think that was a muddy track. And I think Braylon Allen, if you look at his tweets this week, was not happy the way things have went, and he has to be frustrated. I think he may take it, take it out on that Wildcats uh, defense. The other Big Ten game is Purdue at Maryland, and Purdue coming off a really nice win for the Boilermakers against Minnesota, where they really, you know, they did a great job against Minnesota. I realized that Ibrahim was out, but they did what they had to do, and they've got their quarterback now back. And Purdue, you know, after missing him and looking a little bit, they struggled a little bit without him um, offensively, but. They've been solid defensively as well. They go into Maryland, and Maryland has been really good, guys. I mean, Maryland has looked like a quality Big Ten team this year, a team that can, you know, win eight, nine games this year. And I think that, you know, Coach Loxley's done a fantastic job for them. They've got the Tiger Vioia that doesn't have a concussion, so he can still throw the ball around. And um, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a game where I, I like Maryland in this game just because I don't know that I think they're going to score enough to win uh, against a Purdue team that is just a, they're a little bit middling on offense right now. Well, good confidence for Maryland. There's no question. I mean, you know, they, they go into the big house and play Michigan almost straight up. That was a much closer game than what anybody thought would happen against the Wolverines who just were cruising. Um, and then of course they, they beat Michigan state. So um, you're right. Right now they've got a lot of confidence that they're playing with. You know, another stat that I, before we, we, we get away, we talked about Ohio State and, and Mike said that, you know, they may even be better uh, this week, which is if that's even possible. They're, they're really, really good this year. Um, on top of that fantastic offense, Ohio State also ranking 14th 
in scoring defense in the country, giving up less than 15 points per game. Um, and that includes a couple of, uh, you know, Notre Dame for one. And of course, uh, the home dates with Wisconsin and Rutgers. And as you mentioned, now they, uh, they go on the road. So uh, good luck. <laughs> so it's obvious you want to get a take on the Buckeyes. Uh, also, Nebraska at Rutgers Friday night, pregame and postgame notes on bigsportsradio.com. Penn State and Minnesota, we didn't mention them because they have the week off. We'll talk more football with our special guest, David Moulton. That's after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com at busey wealth management we're proud to partner with individuals families and foundations ensuring possibilities become achievements from preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations we're focused on your success Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Um, I did share with the team last night, you know, everybody wants to uh, make a big deal of my history at Wisconsin. I probably have more history at Iowa, right? I was a player there. I was a graduate assistant there. I got my first co- uh, coaching job there. Um, uh, I, I was part of two staffs there. I was part of the staff that's there now. Um, uh, I, I, I think I probably actually have a little bit more history because it's a little bit different look uh, at Iowa, but that doesn't factor into anything. I got the tattoo, right? The famous tattoo. Um, uh, a hell of an idea when you're 19, um, you know, so. Just a reminder, bigsportsradio.com is live and you can find it 24-7 anytime you want. Uh, on your website, free cash prizes every week and follow your favorite Big Ten teams as well. Uh, and registration is free. BigSportsRadio.com. Joining us here, a friend of the show, David Moulton. He's a co-host of a show on the Florida Sports Network. Um, and then the fun job is he flies over the country and you talk about being right there uh, in the room where it happens. He's a spotter for Gary Danielson on the CBS uh, game of the week uh, every Saturday afternoon. And then he goes to the Monday night game and works with Troy Aikman as well on the ESPN uh, telecast many nights. David, welcome. Good to see you. And we have to start first off. We know you're in Florida. Um, how are you with uh, with the hurricane? Well, I lived 23 years in Fort Myers, and um, it's never good when you're ground zero for something. That is for sure. Um, Fort Myers is not going to be the same not for a long time. The parts that everyone is seeing destroyed were older, quaint, wooden-type structures on Fort Myers Beach, Sandabel, Captiva, you know, Matt Lachey, St. James City, and what have you. And so when you get 150 miles an hour, when you get 15 feet of water, I mean, you know, old wooden structures aren't going to have a chance you know, as charming as they may have been. So I have a feeling that when we get built back, 
we're going to be very corporate. I have a feeling where I don't know how much stuff's going to be sand level. I have a feeling there's going to be parking at sand level and then things are going to be a couple stories up, but um, yeah, it, it, it it's, it's tough. Uh, it, it really is. I uh, drove through Fort Myers today, uh, leaving town t- for Jacksonville and uh, it, it was sad. Well, we're, we're very happy that, um, you know, you got through that. Okay. And of course our, um, best thoughts and wishes and prayers go out to those people who were uh, affected. So, um, well, and Mike, as you guys know, I mean, the Southwest coast of Florida is huge. Big 10 country. Yeah. I mean, Naples, Florida has, I believe the second biggest Ohio state fan club outside of Columbus. And, you know, whether it's the Michigan schools, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you name it, they have come down the I-75 to the southwest coast of Florida fundraising for a very long time. So a whole lot of Big Ten country uh, and not just their, you know, winter homes. I mean, you know, they've now become residents and um, a whole lot of Big Ten country is in upheaval over this, too. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. That's good awareness. Switching maybe switching gears a little bit, um, you know, with you know, with the change of going from different networks and 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 the contracts going, you know, um, we talk about it as a sports fan, you know, what what this means. What is it like for for somebody who's right there, and it, it means you know that you may be going to with a different network and and working with different people. How has that changed things for you? Well, for me, it's exciting. I'm born and raised in Jersey. Uh, The first college football team that I covered was Penn State and Joe Paterno in the mid to late 80s. So, you know, I was excited when we had Penn State Auburn to kick off our season in mid-September. And by the way, the Nittany Lions have a good young team and they could be even better next year and the year after that. And if they can get Michigan on the road, they get Ohio State and Minnesota at their place. I mean, that October 15th Penn State at Michigan game, there's a chance that, you know, the winner is undefeated when they play Ohio State. That's a big game. I could see that being a game day, and I could wouldn't shock me if game day and Fox are at that game in a week or so. Yeah, I totally agree. That's um, Penn State's that team that's just flying under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. You know, it's 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 the big five right there. They're staying right there. But you're right. They look great against Auburn. Um, I mean, they're they're just they put it on when they want. And and like you said, we'll know here shortly if they're there for real or not. Well, Larry, what don't they have? If you look at it, I, I mean, you know, the another number 11 who's sensational, even though he's a freshman, they've got four running backs. They've got speed. I mean, they were clearly the more athletic and faster team on the field that day on the planes. And that's saying something. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you know, not a lot of teams go to the Plains and beat Auburn 41 12. Yeah. No. And, and of course, what we saw last weekend in the Big Ten with Paul Christ um, getting let go. Um, boy, do you, do you think, um, you know, Coach Harzen down at, at Auburn or uh, other Big Ten coaches have to be looking at that and getting a little nervous about how things work out on, Saturday afternoons now, a little even a little bit more urgency than they've had. And guys, my pet peeve with college is the games are too long. And I'm really surprised. And Larry, you've got a lot of network TV experience. I am surprised the networks have not really stepped in and said, guys, 
we have a three and a half hour window. We have to fit these games in a three and a half hour window. All right. And if that means that we change the clock a little bit, it's a little bit more of an NFL clock and we reduce the number of plays in a game, whatever we got to fit these games in a three and a half hour window. I mean, I'm really surprised the four letter network hasn't insisted on it with all the games that they have. And to me, I would do it for two reasons. One, the games need to be shorter. And two, I would want to reduce the number of plays for quote unquote player safety. Right. Right. There's at least 12 more plays on each side of the ball in a college game than an NFL game. Well, 12 times 12 is 144. Uh, Think about it. If I have the NFL clock in college, I'll save almost 150 plays. I could add a 13th game and still have guys play 75 less plays, a full game's worth less with 13 games, and they're playing with 12, and I make the networks happy by fitting it in the window. I'm really surprised, and you can still keep the bands at halftime. It's only six extra minutes at halftime, six. Mm -hmm. We can do this. It's not that hard. That's a great point. I, I and and you know what's funny? I never thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. And it and it seems it's the same in basketball that it just boy, you've got just the extra timeouts, and every timeout it brings a two minute commercial, and then it's and and you know how it, you you you're deal with this all the time. So you know what? Maybe with all of this uh, this this shift and with all the new media deals that comes to play in a, in a couple of years that that's. Well, I think you need a commissioner though that's willing to because the networks want it. But they've always been Heisman. They've always been stiff-armed. But if you get a commissioner to say, by the way, guys, have you seen how much money you're getting from the networks? They have one request. They need to fit these games into a a three-and-a-half-hour window. And you know what? I agree with them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, David, as always, we could talk with you um, all day, but we know you have things to go to. <laughs> so, David Moulton, as always, thanks. Tell people where um, they can find your work. We know the, the stuff you do in the, in the, you know, for CBS and for ESPN, but the uh, Florida Sports Network, when are you, when are you on? 6 to 10 a.m. weekdays, okay. Eastern. And uh, we're on four stations in Florida, hoping to be on more soon. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. We have a good guest list. You could, you know, download our podcast. You know, if you don't listen live, you could check it out after the fact. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Okay. And there it is. His name is David Moulton. Um, David, always good to see you, my friend. Good to talk with you. Um, we, we, again, pray for the safety of everyone down in Florida, all of your loved ones and friends, and uh, safe you. travels. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Larry and Mike, call anytime. I always enjoy this. We will. Thanks. Thank you, sir. All right. David Moulton joining us right here. Stay with us. Much more to come after this timeout. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com.
Darren Bailey isn't popular with the political establishment of either party because he's from the real world. I'm proud to be a family farmer. We fix things that are broken. We solve problems and we grow things. Like you, Bailey knows what hasn't worked. Decade after decade of mismanagement in Springfield, back-to-back billionaire governors, and where has that gotten us? High taxes, high unemployment, and high crime rates. How much worse does it have to get before we give a practical problem solver a try? Paid for by people who play by the rules pack. We all make more than 35,000 decisions a day. Most are small, but some can be life-changing. When it comes to taking care of yourself, the most important choices can be hard to make. Like having a tough conversation instead of ignoring a buddy's call. Or being there for support, not assuming things will just get better. Make the decision to be there for the veterans in your life, for your community, for yourself. Learn more at BeThereForVeterans.com. Join BigSportsRadio.com and get a chance to win cash each week. BigSportsRadio.com keeps you in the know with the latest news of your favorite Big Ten teams and gives you five chances each week to win a $100 cash prize. Sign up today for free at BigSportsRadio.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Checking out the top 25, and it's a rarity in our lives. Four-leaf clovers, Mike saying no to pizza, and a top 25 undefeated showdown among Big 12 foes not named Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, We talked about Kansas a few minutes ago, the Jayhawks entering the AP poll at number 19, but their toughest test yet, hosting 17th ranked and fellow unbeaten TCU. I saw this coming before the season got my tickets ahead of time, you know, so I could make sure I was at this Kansas TCU game. <laughs> Just kidding. No, uh, this is uh, one of those games that, you know, we didn't see before the season as being a, a hot ticket, but here we are. We've got two top 25 teams. This should be a lot of fun. And I, I, I think TCU is better than Kansas, but man, Kansas is confident right now. Yeah. And down here in Dallas, uh, there are quite a few OU fans who are still wandering around lost in the streets of Dallas because they're like, what happened to our team? And um, it, it was funny because they have like, I had one uh, OU guy who's kind of a booster there, not a big one, but he told me, he goes, I think we're done as a football program. And I'm like, okay, let's calm down here. It's just one loss, but he's already to pack it up for the future. Well, in Oklahoma in recent years under Lincoln Riley, that's all it took was one loss. I mean, you only had one loss a year. You don't, if they get a second loss, they really will be lost. Like they won't know what to do come Monday morning because that just hasn't happened in Norman. It's it's rare. And this early in the season too. Uh, Five ranked teams don't look now in the Pac-12 this week. Big matchup at the Rose Bowl, 11th ranked Utah. And that quarterback who looks like Steve Perry's love child. Uh, they are at unbeaten and right to UCLA, doesn't he? <laughs> he, really, he really does. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's break into some O'Sherry. I almost did, and I held back because I don't want. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I, yeah. There you go. It's my gift to you. Early, uh, number six, uh, USC at home with Washington State, twelfth ranked Oregon at Arizona, and number twenty-one Washington visits Arizona State. Yeah, you know, Pac-12's doing well this year. It's off to a good start. Of course, the SEC is uh, also pretty good year in and year out. And they've got a couple of uh, interesting game there. Uh, Tennessee at LSU is very intriguing for me. Tennessee is, they've been fantastic, right? I mean, you know, uh, they're one of those upstart 
teams in the SEC. They they used to be a great program, kind of falling in hard times. Now they seem to be back. LSU also, you know, was just won a national title like three or four years ago. So they're uh, when Joe Burrow was there. So, but LSU with Brian Kelly, I, I don't know. I mean, is this the answer? I, I don't know how long, how this is going to work out. They really need to win this game, I think, to kind of alleviate some of the concerns. I think a lot of people are a little concerned about what, what LSU can is going to be. Um, under Brian Kelly, uh, at least people I've talked to. So I think this is a fun matchup, and Tennessee's got a chance to solidify themselves as a legit top five team. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's that if it's early enough to to write off Brian Kelly with his resume, but Paul Christ has to make him a little bit nervous. Um, and <laughs> speaking of speaking of nervous, you know Auburn's coach Harson is in some big, 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 big trouble. And going into number two, Georgia, is not where you want to go when you're worried about uh, people uh, terminating you in the middle of the season. So this, <laughs> if you're a big Harson fan, this might be your last chance to watch him coach Auburn. So tune in. Well, the pressure is off at Auburn. If they fire him after Saturday, look, you're not the first P5 <laughs> school yeah. football power to, to get rid of your coach, you know, so. He, he's got a golf partner. He's <laughs> and Chris can golf together. Well, I'd throw Scott Frost in there, too. Yeah, they, they can. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you get Quite a, a foursome. Yeah, one of those guys all own homes out there just east of Atlanta at Riddle's Plantation. So there's a good chance that one or more of them already have a summer mansion to go out there anyway. And, yeah, it's. Harder to get a tea time out there these days with all the coaches who have been fired. Uh, two coaches who are secure meeting in Tuscaloosa, Texas A&M and Alabama. The Tide now number one again after uh, Georgia didn't slip, but they you know certainly struggled uh, to get past Missouri last week in Columbia. Um, you know, of course, this was the big you know the big brouhaha over the summer that that the, over NIL and the accusations back and forth, and you cheated, you did this, and. But again, Jimbo Fisher, a former Nick Saban assistant, um, you know, the Aggies did beat Alabama in College Station last year, but this game is in Tuscaloosa where A&M uh, hasn't won in a decade. Of course, we're watching Heisman Trophy winner from last year, Bryce Young, and that shoulder injury to see if he goes and how uh, healthy and effective he is against the Aggies. Yeah, the Aggies offense hasn't been great. Um, so you wonder if that's one of those things Alabama defense um, can, they might be able to get by without him you know, against uh, A&M. Now you got our guy, Mike Farrell, who, who works with us, uh, is talking about Ole Miss, talking about Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, looking like maybe he's the successor to Nick Saban at Alabama down the road. And Ole Miss is ranked number nine. They're undefeated. And they're heading into Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt team that's uh, probably uh, a little better than people give him credit. But I, I just really like this Ole Miss team. I, I like Lane Kiffin as a coach. I think he's learned from the early mistakes that he had, you know, whether it was – at Tennessee or USC or wherever he's been. Um, but I, I think he learned under – it's amazing how these guys go work under Nick Saban and then suddenly they become much better coaches. <laughs> Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, as we also look, you know, number five Clemson's undefeated. They are putting – they are put spreading the ball out. They've got, you know, uh, two running backs that are, that are doing well. Uh, Shipley's got over 400 yards. You've got three receivers at 200 yards or more. Um, and, and quarterback, uh, BJ, and I am not, I'm going to punish his last name, so I'm not going to do that. But, um, you know, he's spreading the ball around. The offense is starting to wake up. And as you look at this Clemson schedule, it looks like 
another undefeated season for them. And, you know, you hear all the stuff in the offseason and they just go out and get W's. I don't think Boston College is going to get in the way of that. No, I agree with you. My wife calls him ukulele. <laughs> you know what? It's close enough. <laughs> but no. I'm all for ukulele. Yeah, so sure. DJ ukuleles kicking butt. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's right. Uh, guys, how about Notre Dame's first ever trip to Sin City? Make sure you pack your rosary beads. And who would have ever thought BYU would be the ranked team in this matchup? The Cougars come in at number 16, but they're a slight underdog to the Irish uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, um, look, BYU comes in, uh, you know, with with the – I'd be honest with you, I would make them the favorite. I think this team is good enough to beat the Irish. We will find out. But um, the Irish are in an interesting place right now. And, um, you know, first-year coach and trying to get his own culture going. And as Brad mentioned earlier, the the maybe that's why Brian Kelly decided he was going to take um, his motivational skills and dancing skills and Southern accent down to LSU. That accent changed when he changed colors, didn't it? It, in our heart. <laughs> it did really an awful lot. <laughs> that Kelly green for that purple. And all of a sudden you were, I was Wilson's it, nephew. <laughs> do you remember the episode of friends when, when Ross went into an English accent for no reason. And then he had to, <laughs> he had to fake with this girl that he had an English accent. <laughs> I, I feel like that's Brian Kelly. But but he was unabashed. I, I don't really care. Yeah, I did it. Exactly. I did. Hey, let's uh, talk a little NFL this week. Uh, what games do you like this weekend? What are you going to watch? Well, you know, as, as a Cowboy fan, I tend to always want to gravitate towards the Cowboys. And, of course, this week they are going up against the um, the, the Rams. I want to call them the St. Louis Rams. I, I can't be saying that. But um, they're going up against the Rams. And you're going to be in a situation where will Dak Prescott come back or not? And down here in Dallas, there is a bunch of fans who are all on the Cooper Rush bandwagon, which is just crazy. And so I think it's going to be a a very exciting weekend to see, does Dak play? Does he not play? And will the Cooper Rush bandwagon get even bigger if he can win another game? Well, look at look at look at the guys you could bring on the team if you didn't have a forty million dollar quarterback. Don't, don't even get me started because okay. you got a quarterback. <laughs> know, we tried this a couple weeks ago with you. <laughs> yeah, too much. Zeke's paid too much. Twenty million dollars extra in your quarterback and your running back, and I'm frustrated. <laughs> Off to you, Brad. <laughs> hey, you know what game I like this week? How about the Giants and the Packers both being at three and one? Yeah, that's a fun game, right? I mean. Who thought the Giants would be three and one? I, I sure didn't. Um, you know, this, uh, this is an interesting game. Eh? Aaron Rodgers is, um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers. I think the pack is, you know, they look terrible again in week one. And then since then they've won three in a row and look to win the four in a row, maybe at home. So I, I think this is, uh, that's a, that's a fun matchup. Also the, the Eagles continue their, their uh, quest for destiny to go undefeated and, and win the Super Bowl at four and oh, right. They hit yeah. Arizona. They're going to happen. All right, there's always there's always one team that's left undefeated. So there you go. How about Jalen Hurts, uh, the guy who didn't get the Heisman and and <laughs> bench in the national championship game, and yet he's looking good as a pro. <laughs> Third round money, but about to get paid. There's no question about. Yeah, it. it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, fantastic. We, we got to take a break here. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. 
Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Talk a little basketball here on the Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Uh, Brad, I know that you uh, peeked in on women's practice this week. How are things going for Coach Green and the team? Well, it's a it's a totally different, uh, I guess, uh, culture. I mean, they've really changed it quickly. They've they want to get up and down. It's the Phoenix. They call it their Phoenix fast break offense, the pressure defense. They really just uh, kind of a new. It's a new guide. You know, our line eye gal. Adalia McKenzie is one of the stars and she's been, uh, she really looks great in practice. I thought she played extremely well. They've got a, you know, a point guard who came from with coach green from Dayton is Makaira cook. Who's just a fantastic player. And they've added some size. Um, they're a team. I I think that, you know, this is, this, uh, they're they're one step away. They're going to be a little bit closer, but they definitely have made the improvements and they've got, they've had five top 100 kids, officially visit this fall mm. and they're in the hunt for all of them. So they just kind of need one or two to pop and they feel really good about their future. So Brad, um, how many five top, you know, top 100 kids did they, have they had look at the Illini the last few years? And then the other question is you've coached a lot before. How, how are the practices different between um, the past coaches and coach green and her staff? Yeah, I mean, I think the sheer number of top 100 kids is greater now. I mean, there was always one or two. Yep. Um, they got brought in Camille Jackson to the freshman this year from Chicago, top 100 kid, and they brought in um, Adalia, of course, yep. um, the year before. But it's usually just one kid a year, and then they kind of filled in pieces. Now they bring now they hope to bring in two or three um, just to provide that talent and depth. Now, from a practice standpoint, Coach Faye was a great coach, very organized. I think Coach Green is just a little bit more – um, I think her, her and her staff just a little bit more intense and they just, they have higher expectations and you can see that. And, and I don't know that was from coach Faye actually coaching um, at division three. So maybe the expectations weren't as high. I mean, not, not execution, but the athletic expectations perhaps. And I, I think coach green, I mean, she was, she was great. I've got a chance to talk to her before and after practice. And um, she was, she, I mean, she really, they thought they had a bad day. And I was like, man, this looked like a pretty good day to me. And, and, um, she, and it said it wasn't our worst day, but it definitely wasn't our best day. So they, they feel, they feel like they're making strides with a lot of these young girls and they just don't have the depth that she wants to have um, going forward, but maybe they can get there. That's exciting news coming out of the women's practice. Meanwhile, the men also underway. Coach Brad Underwood talking to the media last week. Let's hear just a little bit of that and then uh, get a comment on the other side. Seems like a big year for Coleman Hawkins. How, how has he embraced that? And, uh, do you expect him to take a big jump? 
Yeah, I think I think my expectations <clears throat> change for him, and I think he understands that. And um, uh, you know, he's had his, his his best summer. You know, you're talking about a young guy that again had to live COVID years, and and didn't have off seasons and didn't have summers. And um, you know, Coleman as a junior is finally back in classes. You know, go, attending classes. You know, that and not doing everything online. So. Um, my expectation for him is that he'll be one of the best players in our league. I know he's what he's capable of on the defensive side. Uh, his versatility allows him to play multiple spots. Uh, he'll play everything from the five to you know a, a perimeter spot for us. And defensively, he can handle those responsibilities. But you know, as a veteran, uh, the adversity that he went through last year has helped him grow. It's made him stronger. It's made him better. And, and and um, I think he's been very committed to working on things that uh, most people thought were weaknesses. But uh, yeah, he's he's been he's been very very good. You mentioned I think last week that the team's chemistry is really good despite not playing a lot together yet. What have you seen from that? Like, why do you think this group is has good chemistry? Just when you're around them, and I think one of the things that that excites me a lot about being back in oven is we get back around them a lot and um, you know it was one of the challenges this summer is you know we were in vice and and working out at the rec center and working out at state farm and we weren't around them a lot but this group does everything together and and they're they're funny they they hang out uh, you know just this morning the first morning that we actually had had breakfast in the in oven and you know everybody's sitting in there and just talking and those things that's that, that that can be unique when you've come off a practice floor and been competing uh, and but this group has been very understanding of, of what it takes to win what it takes to compete and knowing you know hey when we step off the court you know that's my teammate and uh, I, I've got a great great feeling about that is there any hesitation with your you, your staff, or, or Fletch about how much you're pushing Sky, or, or are you physically past? Is he physically past that now? Yeah, he's physically past it. I'm trying to do everything I can to, you know, to get him be able to play conditioning wise as many minutes as he's capable of playing. Okay. And it's more; it doesn't have anything to do physically as much as you know, young man set out a year. And he's got to play a lot. He's got to he's got to feel that up and down hurt that comes from being tired and, and pushed through. You talked a lot about Terrence and his work ethic. Is there been a trickle down effect from him to some of the younger guys on the team with other? No, there's no doubt. And that's one thing about our young guys; they all work. And and yet now they've seen a, a guy that's an older guy who's had had success, and and he's gone above and beyond that, you know, and it's it's like, whoa, you know, here's here's a guy who's really we all know is really good and here's how hard he's working. So uh, you know Terrence shop strip strop stopped to play today because somebody didn't run didn't run the floor hard. I didn't have to do that. He just stopped and said, No 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 that's not what we're doing. And we went back and we did it again. That other person that person ran the floor really hard this time. And that's just a Unbelievable leadership. That's the kind of leadership that that we're we've known and grown to accept. 
uh, here in our program. That was a Trent Frazier, uh, Io Desumu type move right there. And, and, you know, so he, he backs it up, not only with his, with his time, but, but with his demand. The emphasis on conditioning, did Fletch get a, a bigger chunk of the eight hours in the fall and summer? No, he um, restructured it a little bit, I think, in terms of what, what, his, what his emphasis was. Uh, we also uh, were very pointed in terms of how we wanted to handle our individual workouts in terms of running. Uh, before, it might have been a little more stationary drill-to-drill -drill type stuff. Uh, we incorporated a lot more of that into our, into my time, so to speak. So we, we, uh, you know, we doubled down on, on, on both of both, both of those things a little bit. I guess with that development, Zach, that in theory, I guess with some of the how much does that either change or not change your roster building plan for this year and the future years? No, it doesn't. And I, you know, we're still very hopeful that, 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 uh, young man stays part of our program and, and uh, uh, you know we we know we've got uh, needs, and you know with the portal, uh, you'd be foolish not to recruit every position, and uh, uh, you know establish uh, not just a group of freshmen, but but also you got to start paying attention here to uh, you know the portal here mid semester and what guys may become available, and if there's. You know, we've got opportunities at that semester again. We will we'll sure look at those if they fit what we're doing. You know, in talking to Coach Underwood, I, I think he's very excited about this season. He also knows that there's going to be days when it's going to be a struggle. They have a, you know, the, he knows that they, although they have a lot of talent, they've got a lot of new guys, got a lot of new pieces. It's a new system. They've got a freshman point guard. Um, so going to rely on some freshman guards and some guys who haven't played big minutes before. So, and, and guys who are in new roles. And so it's going to be a growing pains, but I think this team's going to be really good. And he does too. Let's time to get to January in the big 10 season. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. This team's going to have a pace that's much more Underwood pre Kofi like, and I think it's going to be really fun for Illini fans to watch. And I think it's going to be a pain in the butt for opponents to play. It's like the pace of Mike eating pizza. <laughs> I mean, that, that pace, pace. Larry, it did kind of intimidate Larry the first time. It did. I was uh, I was impressed. It took me a moment. I had to kind of steal myself <laughs> and uh, get a, a large plastic bag to cover myself. <laughs> but other, after that, it was, it was good. It's kind of like a shark, like we would a shark <laughs> feed. You thought, you thought you wore the bib for your own spills. You exactly. didn't know you wore the bib to prevent. You wore the poncho to prevent it from coming across the table. That's what <laughs> I got. Nothing. You know. baby. That's right. He's Tell you what, I told, I did, but Brad, I warned him. I said, "Do not put your your fingers or your hands too close to the pizza." Yeah, and he did. Larry did adhere to that very well. I didn't so. wear a tie, by the way. I did not wear a tie. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Just for the record, um, but you know, I'm excited for this. Well, both teams, obviously, but but the men's team, especially, as Brad, you were telling us last spring, once Kofi made the decision to stay in the draft and not come back. Um, that there was a feeling there, not that anyone was happy to see him leave, nothing like that, but there is this sort of this excitement um, all around Ubbin that, okay, now we can play a different style that we've kind of wanted to play and we haven't been able to because of our personnel. And I, you've mentioned that back in April or May, and you've con consistently talked about that. So I really can't wait uh, to see that in action. It's going to be exciting. Um, all right, time I'm being told we got to take a break. We'll do that. Back with more. 
bad news bears after this. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Attention travelers. Next Tuesday, a major hurricane will cause complete chaos throughout the city. Food, water, and phone service will be in short supply. There will likely be panic citywide. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Disasters don't plan ahead. You can. Talk to your loved ones about how you're going to be ready in an emergency. Don't wait. Communicate. There's nothing more fun than going boating with friends. We were all out having a good time when all of a sudden, my best friend's hat flew off and without thinking, he jumped in the water to retrieve it. When we turned the boat around, he seemed to be struggling to keep his head above the water. We all started yelling, pull the cord, pull the cord! I pulled the cord and my life was saved. I was wearing a belt-type inflatable life jacket, the wisest decision I ever made. Life jackets worn, nobody mourns. Learn more at pleasewearit.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, I mentioned it before the break. Uh, boy, NFL news. How bad are the Bears, guys? They cut the kicker who scored all 12 of their points last Sunday when they lost to a Giants team that lost not one quarterback, but two quarterbacks during the game and still got the victory. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not ideal. The Bears are not very good right now. Um, you know, and, and I don't know. I, there's so many things wrong with the Bears. I don't know that you can fix them in one, like one draft or one player or anything. There's a lot of issues with this squad, um, and they've got a long way to go before they're going to be at the top of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look, bottom line is ownership's been there for a long time. They've failed often. They've failed repeatedly. Um, you know, I, I would say that very similar to what I'm dealing with, with as a Cowboy fan, you know, Jerry Jones wants to win, but he can't get out of his own way. And I think that's very similar to what the Bears have going. Um, you know, that they've they basically won a game against the 49ers that was pure luck and a downpour. Um, and it, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't. I feel sorry for my Bear fan friends. You know what it is? <clears throat> stadium envy. We've got the smaller stadium. So, is that what it is? Yeah, but we saw an infomercial. There's there's a new there's a new shiny thing we can get out there in Arlington Heights, and so when we, that happens, baby, we're getting the hairpiece. Yeah, happen. So, hey, work work for the Rams, right? It sure did. That's right. So, so yes, again, hope 
It's a good thing. Possibly the best of things. Okay. Um, hey, yeah. a sobering story, and I really want to get uh, – Brad, I know you've um, been involved in, in girls' and women's sports for a long time. The report this week from U.S. Soccer about uh, the rampant abuse in women's soccer. This was, this was really a, a sobering uh, report that, uh, that was given this week. It's, it really bothers you. I'm a father of three daughters. I've coached a lot of women and, and, and a lot of girls over the years. And it's just sad. I mean, the, the, the stuff, when you go back to the gym, U S gymnastics things back in the day and you lead in this and now women's soccer, it's just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not saying that you're not, you know, you, you're not going to treat women. You got, they're athletes, right? So you got to kind of push them and you want to push, but it just takes it too far. And, and I'm just, it's, it's very, it's sobering. I mean, it's, it's for, that's what you phrase you use. It is, it's really, it makes you sad to, to see this happening. Yeah. And it, it, to be honest, there's a feeling of disgust as you read those type of things. Um, how, how do you raise, you know, uh, boys or girls doesn't matter. How do you raise, individuals to treat other people that way and it's just it's disgusting and you really hope that there's a way to make it safe you know sports is supposed to be a place where you have fun you learn about life and and you get life lessons and it's not supposed to be some you get tragic life lessons and it, it this has to be cleaned up somehow yeah, I totally agree. And um, boy, certainly, like you said, it certainly exposes just uh, how far we have to go um, as a society. There's no question. Guys, let me end on a, on a lighter note so you can get out your pinata sticks and, and hammer away. <laughs> Simmons makes his debut with Brooklyn in the preseason game. It was all over ESPN.com. Why? Nobody else cares except ESPN. But for some reason, when Ben Simmons sneezes, ESPN's there with the Kleenex. Do you guys care that Ben played in a preseason game? Wouldn't it matter if he was, shouldn't he have to be good? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean here. I mean, I'm just trying to, he hasn't really been good for how long and was he ever really good? I mean, he did some good things, but he's never been one of the top 10 players in the NBA or anything like that. So I don't know. Uh, I just, no, I don't care. I mean, you know, just like I don't care about whether or not Kyrie Irving is vaccinated, thinks the earth is flat or any of that other stuff. I don't really care. Can they, you know, I, I, none of that stuff matters, but I guess it's news. So it is what it is. I'll, I'll tell you what I was interested about regarding the Nets. I thought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's comments on Kyrie were very, I, I agreed with them in, in large part. And it's pretty rare that you have a former NBA player go after a current guy that hard. And I thought that was kind of a, a, a wild moment this week. Um, ben Simmons, yeah, I would put that on a scale of one to 10 and, and 10 being like, I have to know about it. I would put it at a negative three. Yeah. And, and with Kareem, you'll keep in mind that say what you want about Kareem and, and what he's done away from the court. Um, the one thing he cares about social issues and he took LeBron to issue for his yep. comments earlier during COVID. Now he took those back recently and he said, you look, I was, I shouldn't have said that. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just amazing with the nets. Like they used to be the team that was terrible. Nobody cared about. Now they're the team that's terrible that ESPN cares about. I mean, it's like, it's like, okay. I mean, there's more. They're, they're dysfunctional. They're fun. It's like watching a soap opera or exactly. like a, yeah. or a car crash or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, 
Yeah. And, and what I find fascinating about Kareem is I don't always agree with, with his opinions on things, but I can always understand his logic and how he got from A to B. And I do, I do, I, I'm, I was never a fan of his growing up, but the more that I read when he has his, his columns and, and things, I actually find him very fascinating. Um, and, and again, his logic, I don't always agree with his opinion, but I understand how he got to where he gets to. And um, I think it's worth the read. No question. Uh, very deep, very intelligent guy. Um, if you agree with him or not, that's beside the point. Yep. But there's no question, um, um, you know, that he's one of the brainier athletes, uh, ex-athletes you run into. Hey, the time is a ticket. It has run out for us. The sands in the hourglass. Two hours goes by way too fast. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, for Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you right back here. Same place, same station. Have a good one. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.